so good. Great. Well, I will just roll in to kind of introduce you. Yeah. Um, so, kia ora. Kia ora. Hi, Lauren. How are you? I'm doing great. Well, <laughs> yeah, pretty good. Pretty good. How cool. are you, guys? Yeah, going okay. Managing the kind of wintry COVID vibes. Yeah. Yeah. So here we are on Zoom having a conversation about worship, but kind of also tied into this era in which we are finding ourselves Zooming a lot and um, connecting with others, um, doing community online. And today we're having a bit of a conversation in general about worship. Um, and I guess I reached out to you to ask you to um, share some thoughts with us because I know you are a woman who loves to worship the Lord and you also... Uh, just such an amazing worship leader. The other day, um, someone in my flat was saying, they were just gushing a little bit about, oh, Lauren, Miss Lauren, really? her worship leading. <laughs> such a beautiful voice. Um, oh, so, nice. <laughs> yeah, here we find ourselves. So, yeah, I guess I think it would just be cool to start out if you want to um, frame up for us a wee bit around kind of what, what is worship? What are, we, what are we talking about here? Mm, I have spent um, many a year pondering this um so i've got i've got a lot to share <laughs> but primarily um worship is a response it's our response to god mm. so i i mean we typically use the word worship to refer to that time in the service when we all sing together we might enter into a time of worship as we like to say um, but it's much more than that the way that we as christians live points to what god has done both in scripture and in our lives and what we believe God is going to do. It's our response to who God is, the character of God, the person of Jesus. Mm. So yeah. a kind of looking at who God has been. And so sort of looking back um, and thinking about the character of God and a looking forward. Yeah. 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 I think we get this idea from, um, worship from Romans 12 of living lives that are holy and pleasing to God. So that says to me that worship is what a Christian is constantly doing in our, in our lives every day that we live them out. I think singing together is one aspect is a great aspect of Christian community that we get to share. But uh, to me, it's important to hold this idea of worship as living holy lives in our minds when we talk about it, because we aren't living set apart lives just on a Sunday and we aren't uh, thankful to God or expressing our gratitude or responding to him just in that time that we put aside to sing. Um, it's a daily thing. It's a daily aspect of us relating to God. Something that comes to mind for me as a little metaphor for this is that there's a, a plant that we have growing in our house. It's a little hanging pot plant. Yeah. And I um, have been watching the little leaves grow. And at the end, there's a little flower that's just kind of slowly taking form and about to bloom and I guess the whole plant it's growing and it's slow development towards that flower is um it's you know the flower isn't disconnected from the plant I guess the mm. our sung worship and our communal corporate gathering is this kind of flowering moment that's connected to the vitality of this whole other thing the rest mm. of our life what a um, great way to put it yeah, I'm just so excited about that flower to bloom, eh? It's like <laughs> the little things during lockdown. Like, oh, what's going to be different today? Yeah, some progress. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> so good. 
So I guess there's that idea of um, kind of a, a joy and an outpouring. I guess why why do you think it's important that we have we make space in our times together to kind of do this outpouring thing collectively? Hmm, I think it's important. Uh, I love the way that Blueprints uh, Worship Liturgy puts it. We worship you. We worship worship Jesus to remember who we are. Um, I think one of the reasons why it's so important that we set time aside, especially for this devoted uh, time of worship, is because it's so easy for us to forget how amazing Jesus is Mm -hmm. and to forget that we are God's kids, the beloved, his bride. Life is distracting. Life can be really hard sometimes. We get busy. We get tired. Um, And so we need to remind ourselves. We need to refresh our memories and I think realign our hearts and come back to the reality that we're living in. I, it's sort of in these times of focused worship that we can bring ourselves, our whole selves to God. Um, God wants to pour us to pour our hearts out before him. No faking it, no religious routine, no mindlessly singing the words. God wants to know us. Jesus wants to be near us. Um, so taking time especially to do that brings life to us, pours life into us. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm interested in that word um, mindlessly. It's the opposite of being mindless is being intentional and Mm. yeah, just thinking about the opposite of mindless being intentional. And so it's, um, as you say, this choice to come and actively proactively choose something Yeah, kind of like date night. (laughs) Like an active choice to show up and to know and spend time um, getting to know someone better, leaning in. Yeah, I like like that you draw that cute little comparison because something about worship is is such an intimate time, actually, if we are bringing our whole selves to God and willing to lay it all out there. um, It is very intimate and there's kind of a, a non-creepy, I think, romance to worship that you are taking time to devote yourself completely to the Lord in that time. You're, you're choosing to put aside other distractions or other things that so easily take up our time. So there's something quite beautiful um, to me, something quite lovely about devotion and the sacrifice of time. And when we do that outside of Sundays as well, Um, choosing just to be with God and choosing to express our love to God and and to receive it back in those times as well. Mm. Mm. Yeah, so beautiful. So in terms of us, I guess, I don't know, it's like when you're figuring out, I mean, you know, we both have friends that are parents and when they want to learn how to be a better parent, they do some reading, they do some learning, they, it can't just be in your head. It's also got to be lived out, drawn out in your experience. Um, and, and saying, you know, anything that you want to learn, you've got to um, apply yourself to it. And I guess if we want to really cultivate a heart of worship and really grow as worshippers, how can we do that? Um, for me, a doorway into honest, authentic worship has been in Scripture, has been in the Psalms. Um, that is the place to go if you want to learn about worship that pleases God. There's a wonderful process that the Psalms show us. Because God is gracious and compassionate, we can come to God as we are, bringing all that we are before him. 
I think sometimes during worship we're full of praise and maybe that's because our circumstances have given us a reason to thank God. Other times we come to worship full of despair because our circumstances have brought us to our knees. Um, but whatever our state as we come before him, what God wants is honesty, total and complete. And the Psalms are such a gift to us because they give us permission to be brutally honest we find that both lament and praise are present, are valid, sacred. It's all there, they're ups and downs, and it's all equally acceptable to God. Not everyone will know this about you, Lauren, but in terms of kind of strengths finder land and Enneagram land, you're relatively kind of a bit more drawn towards the Thanksgiving and praise, probably. <laughs> yeah, just, just living the seven dream, eh? Just positive. <laughs> and a silver lining around everything I can possibly draw one around. Yeah. Oh, so good. Um, so I guess I'm imagining you kind of a younger Lauren opening scripture and being um, maybe a bit disturbed by yeah. the, the honesty and the rawness and the place of pain in, in the life of worshippers. Can you, um, is there anything you want to share around that in your journey of, kind of reckoning with what it means to praise God in so many different emotional ways. Or yeah, I mean... Within I thought, many different emotional states. Yeah. I mean, the Psalms are so rugged. And I think um, in our times of corporate worship, it's pretty unusual to see lament. It's pretty unusual for us to engage in it corporately. I think some some groups out there can and do do it. And that's a really beautiful, important thing. And maybe that's something that, um, as communities, we want to explore and go deeper into. Um, a while back in Lyle Bay, sort of at the height of the housing crisis in the news, we had a prayer vigil, sort of an overnight or 24 hours of prayer for the housing crisis, where we intentionally engaged in lament. Um, we had some creative expressions that we did. We created art. We sung together. Um, we took Eucharist together, but it was a time where we fully leaned into the pain that we were engaging in and the, the hurt that was happening around us that we felt relatively powerless to do anything about. Um, this was around the time of the um, prayer vigils that were happening during the week and that the diagram, which were a really beautiful and important time. Um, and that was probably the first time that I had done something like that, but it was so liberating to come to God without feeling like I had to, um, that I had to praise or I had to be in a happy mood. It was permission to be honest and to be honest about the situation we were in that so many other people are still in and to know that God accepted that praise. And the Psalms give us this window into the most terrible of circumstances for people and it's so extraordinary to me that God gives us that, that he gives us that doorway into being before him. And it's not a negative thing. It's not a bad thing to be feeling what you were truly feeling because God accepts that because it's reality. Does that make sense? <laughs> totally. I guess I've been thinking a lot in this time about joy and grief and those things sitting together and that actually there's a lot to grieve about what's going on in the world right now and what's going on 
um, in our own lives just change um, mm. and the grief of that, of people losing jobs and um, just a lot of uncertainty hanging over things and um, how to both bring that um, in a real way before God and to acknowledge that and not be with your head under a rock, but also to remember um, the hope of the cross that we, you know, this um, lockdown time coincided with Easter and thinking about the resurrection and the, the possibility of um, Jesus at work, uh, which is ever new each day and mm. being attentive to both of those things. Uh, it's quite hard for humans to uh, kind of hold two things um, in our head at the same time. Um, and so I guess the journey for me has been to focus on one and say, I'm going to spend time specifically with grief. And then I'm going to spend time specifically with joy. And then I'm slowly learning how I can um, hold those things closer together. Um, mm. But I guess, you know, we see that in the Psalms, there's this um, dramatic shift sometimes between ah, so sad, so hard um, to, and yet I will praise you God. And they, I guess those show the heart of worshipers who have learned to let those things sit close together. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, I think in the Psalms, we get taught that our lives are precious to God, that our situations do actually matter to God, but that, yeah, the crucial thing is that it's not the entire picture of the world as it is. Even in those darkest times, we are invited to go deeper into faith, into trust, and to shift our focus from the temporal to the eternal. I guess what I mean by that is we are drawn in time and time again to the stories of the psalmists of, like you say, um, their lives falling apart, but they steer themselves towards praising God and acknowledging God and remembering who God is. And we see time and time again that they stir their own souls to worship as they include what God has to say about their lives into their worship. And I think when we choose to praise God in hard times, we're not in denial. We're actually digging deeper. We're mining for truth. We're saying, God, things are really hard. And yet, and yet I believe you are good. It's our it's an opportunity to draw from deeper wells, trusting that God is actually sufficient and that his love is here and that his grace is here and that we will be blessed even in hard times. Um, so something that we've been talking about a little bit around Blueprint is the medium of worship. For some people, that medium that feels homely to them, uh, they think of what comes to mind as a default around worship might be guitar, drums, singer, backing singer, people in a room together, dimmed lights. Um, for other people, it might be organ and choir. For other people, it might be, um, I guess, a number of different things. But right now, the medium by which we are doing corporate connected church and the way we're doing uh, the sung worship, this kind of overflowing Thanksgiving part, looks a bit dorky it's people sitting in front of laptops kind of singing along people with their laptop off to the side kind of beside their bed uh you know maybe dressed up top and kind of in track pants on <laughs> the bottom and I guess this is this funny moment of the medium changing but the call for the heart of worship to stay the same and I guess I'd just be interested in some thoughts you have around that 
Mm, so good. Um, a thought that comes to mind is conversations uh, with my grandma when she was alive, who I love and respect. Um, and she really did believe that drums were the devil. She was of that generation and she just couldn't, she just couldn't reconcile um, drums and worship. She just couldn't do it. And I think, so as you can imagine, she chose to go to these low key traditional brethren churches. And we have the privilege of picking the community that we like the most, the community that we're called to maybe, hopefully in some ways, but we can choose where to go to get what we like. Um, which is a little bit of a consumerist aspect of, I guess, the way that we all live out our faith, to be honest. But I did, I did go to her church a few times with her when I visited uh, and really had to challenge myself, can I get into this? Can I worship to this, to these old funky hymns that were quite hard to sing with, um, <laughs> with an organist who um, wasn't great. <laughs> so. <laughs> um, it wasn't what I would have chosen for myself but the words were true and I think that's been a pretty important thing for me to keep coming back to is am I family with these people do I share a faith with these people do we worship the same Lord I mean worship times can be such a great time we get to enjoy the unity of the love that we have in Jesus we are encouraged we are taught by the words that we sing we can put aside everything else and simply be with Jesus, but there are times where it can be really hard to engage. And I think for a lot of people, now more than ever, because we're so over Zoom and we're so over the disconnection, like the fake connection that we feel, church services are just not the same. I think I learned a lot about leading worship and about worshiping God out of necessity over the last few years Leading has meant that in those times when I was not in the mood for whatever reason to worship, I had to find a reason to sing. I had to dig deep like I have seen the psalmists do. It makes me think that thing again around having been kind of taught by the psalms, knowing that there's this capability to acknowledge uh, things are hard you know whether those are hard um because of your energy levels or because of mm. um there's an organ that's just terrible sounding or because you're doing zoom church and it's so awkward to sing along that there mm. there's this capacity in our relationship with god to acknowledge this is hard this is uncomfortable this is not my ideal but there's mm. also space for after acknowledging that saying and yet i will choose you i will choose to worship you god yeah that's good. That's good. I think um, that makes me think of this idea of good worship and bad worship. And we, we talk about that. We say things like, oh, worship was really good tonight. Um, or the worship at that church, I didn't like it. I, you know, it was pretty bad. But what do we actually mean when we say that? I used to consider it good worship when I had a fulfilling time during the worship time, an enjoyable time. Um, but what was it that I was enjoying exactly? I would like to say that it was genuine joy in who Jesus is. And like partly that for sure, but clearly it, it's more than that. It's the songs I like and a style that I like. Uh, times where I have powerfully felt God's presence, or at least maybe thought I did, um, where I'd had an enjoyable emotional experience. 
but what happens when some of those things get stripped away? What if the emotional experience isn't there? Or the music sounds awful, or the songs are just songs I don't connect to. What would happen if I had to lead worship on a day that I felt utterly miserable? Well, the music just wasn't coming together. All of these things have happened for me and happened repeatedly <laughs> during my time of leading worship. And I didn't really have the choice to tap out of it. Uh, it took me a while to realize this, but I desperately needed God to free me from my fussiness, from my desire to impress other people, and from this nebulous notion of good worship that I had had in my head. Because ultimately, all these things were about me and my experience, but true worship is about Jesus. So eventually, I learned to dig deep. The place that brought me to was realizing that worship was my offering to God. It was a sacrifice of praise. It was choosing to worship even though I didn't feel like I had anything to give. And the whole point of it was and is to please Jesus, to express my love to Jesus and to tell Jesus that he's worthy of my life, of my praise. And if that's the truth, then I don't need to refer to my emotions to ask if I'm being authentic. And I don't need to stress about whether or not I can really get into it because the words are true and because the reality about my existence in Jesus is true. I think the place I arrive at time and time again is the cross, is the death and resurrection of Jesus. It's the fulcrum of our faith, of our reason to worship God. And I love the way the beginning of Ephesians puts it. This is from chapter one. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses. We were dead in our sin, but now we are saved by grace. Everything, everything points to Jesus. It's for Jesus, it's through Jesus. The resurrected Christ who has made a way for us to be with God, who is making all things new, whose love never fails, who is always with us, and who will never leave us or forsake us. And I have learnt at the times where I feel that it is so hard to engage, to keep coming back to what I know is true, to move my gaze from what is temporal to what is eternal. Mm. Worshipping God brings us back to the heart of our faith and reminds us that we're part of the great story of God redeeming all creation. Mm. That's beautiful. I love, um, oh, just a couple of things in that just like grab me as, um, what is it you said? Um, I, I don't need to refer to my emotions to ask, am I being authentic? Mm. Um, I think, uh, yeah, there's a bit of an obsession about authenticity in the kind of age range that you and I are in and, and other of our friends are in. And I think about, um, I think about one of our friends that um, would use that phrase around act opposites and how sometimes you might not feel like doing something, but the better choice is to to kind of act mm. opposite to how your feeling is. You might not feel like going out outside and getting some sunshine and some fresh air because mm. you're just feeling really miserable. But actually, like in those moments, a part of you knows that that's actually a really good choice to make. And um, mm. yeah, like mental health. Okay. Yeah, that that whole kind of mental health space, I think, can um, I, I guess for me, I, I reflect that. Um, 
learning that my emotions aren't my boss and that my emotions aren't the, the, the whole truth mm. um, and aren't the absolute, um, they're not the thing I worship and they are not um, the thing which is the most true thing about mm. my the story I'm a part of. Mm. Gives me enough headroom to say, I might be feeling this way, but I can still I can still be present to God. So yeah, that that really strikes me. But also just love that line at the end you said there about um the great story of God redeeming all creation of which we are a part. That kind of perspective of joining in with people throughout time and the the whole kind of chorus of heaven who mm. are in worship to God constantly and that we we're joining in something bigger than ourselves. Um, there's a and there's a freedom in kind of recognizing, oh, this is bigger than me, and it's kind of okay if I'm off key because I'm actually part of a way bigger thing. Yeah, um, <laughs> it's very crazy to wrap your head around. Is exciting and kind of wild. There's a lot of freedom, isn't there, in um, lifting your gaze from your current situation or your own tiny little like one person, one brain bubble is kind of sometimes how I think of it. Um, lifting your gaze to God and being like, wait, what else is true about my life right now? You know, it is hard to engage in the times where things are crap. You know, when things are good, actually it's probably not a drama for most of us, but it's when things are hard or they feel weird or distant or alienating to come back to the things which are always true for all eternity really helps lever me out of that place. I think of, um, just the excitement that there's going to be when people actually are able to all be back together in one room. So good. And how, just how wonderful and what a good gift it is actually when the medium that you love is available to you, when you're able to sing a song that just feels so true to your heart and it's in a style that you like and you're with um, other people and all of that aligns. And those are, I guess, the, um, are good gifts from God. Like God doesn't <laughs> want us to, really suffer through worship and worshiping him um, yeah d desires um our you know us to be able to engage with with joy um but i guess it's that tempering of remembering it's not about us and then being able to take those times as a gift and to yeah, yeah. I just, there's going to be a lot of celebration when we all get together in the it's room so again. true and it's we it's it's such a joy to sing together and to be together and to enjoy the musical skills of other people. It's so, it is such a blessing from God. I, I think, you know, if anything, the times where I struggle to engage, mostly I just need to get over myself. <laughs> it's, it's not so much that I'm, that I'm kind of like in an inherently sinful place of like rebelling against worshiping. I just need to go, Hey, this doesn't really matter in the big scheme of things. And I think that's liberating too. Yeah. Oh, so awesome. Oh, well, any, any other parting, parting thoughts for us, Lauren? Um, not really. Cool. So much, so much in this. So <laughs> thank you so much for yeah sharing your, your wisdom and your, um, just some of your story. Oh, so cool. Good. So good to yarn. Oh, good. Yeah. Good to you too, sis. Oh.